All right, Chabronis, we're back. Another week in the dungeon after uh, a last-minute pleasant surprise visit over to the uh, the Wet Cat compound. So we're back here in the the, tr- the trenches of New War here in the Libretti Nuthouse dungeon. We got the the piles of heaping trash behind us here to protect us from the enemy, of course. And hopefully the setup is not going to get destroyed by Randy this this go-around. Uh, I put some uh, a little mini blockade so that he has to divert him around if he's gonna um, if he's gonna jump up and, and and run around and go crazy and do do what you know dogs do. So hopefully that's safe. Hopefully the the tripod situation is safe too. I had to tape it together. So last week, the tripod holder of the camera, which is really just my cell phone right now because I'm cheap and poor and stupid, it, the spring flung off, broke a plastic piece in there, so now it doesn't latch down on the phone anymore. So I don't know. The tripod might be crooked. I tried to keep it as straight as possible. I used painter's tape because apparently in in the pile behind me, you can find popular mechanics magazines from 1956 through 1996. 40 years of magazines... You can find three plus World War II helmets and other gear from World War II, even though we only had one grandfather in World War II. But you won't find any duct tape. You won't find any rubber bands. You won't find any of those plastic vice grips. Anything useful towards progress in life, you're not going to find that back there, folks. We do have a nice what the Italians call the demitasse set, which is a fancy word for espresso set. So a couple little cups in there if you want espresso uh, in a classy, lavish way. We have that for you, but no tape, no real tape, no rubber bands, no fasteners, nothing. So we're using painter's tape. Hopefully it holds up. Hopefully Randy doesn't bust down the studio again, and I don't have to re-record everything like I did last time. All right. Um, Should be a quick... Quick one today. I say that every time, and I'm going to keep saying it every time because that's what I do. I repeat myself like a moron. Um, before we get started, though, uh, this past week, the big the big news to get people up in arms about to get us not talking about the real things like the extra billion-plus dollars we sent over to Ukraine again, by the way. So we're, clo- we're closing out on $70 billion, by the way. If we're going to put the tinfoil hats on and get all angry about something, almost $70 billion over to Ukraine and unaccounted for monies, equipment, weaponry. Don't know where it actually ended up. We just sent it out there into the ether. That's considerably more than we gave to the actual Afghan national government when we occupied them for the better part of two decades. So 20 years in Afghanistan, and we gave them almost half as much as we gave to Ukraine to keep fueling that fire over there. So just to put things in perspective for you on what's really going on in the world, that's what's going on in the world. But what people are talking about this week, and we got the Instagram experts on the case again, because that's what they are, that's what they do, 
they see the topic on the news, the headline on the bottom line of the news, the, the garbage news, you know, whatever you want to call it these days, and they instantly become experts. What a skill set, by the way. Imagine you can see a headline, one sentence on a particular topic, and you are instantly the expert on that topic. What a tremendous thing to have. What a tremendous tool to have in your fanny pack of of skills and tradecraft is instant genius and expertise in something. Like John Travolta in that movie Phenomenon, he gets struck by lightning, he becomes a, a phenom. Could read books instantly. I don't know what else he did, but he can read books pretty damn quick. I don't know if he regurgitated or not, but what a tremendous skill. So the experts were out there. Thankfully, they're a good thing they're out there because I wouldn't learn anything if it wasn't for them. If they aren't out there pumping out 10, 12, 15 Instagram story updates with nothing but text on their expert opinion... On things, I would be even dumber than I am now, which is not much dumber because you can't get much lower than this right here. Um, I'm dumb. So, experts are talking about this week because I haven't brought it up yet. The student loan forgiveness thing that's going on uh, with this presidential administration, this this these politicians now. I'm not going to talk about how I feel about it because it's not important. It's really not important. That's the that's the main thing. It's not important. Okay? It's $10,000 off your federal student loans if you have them, which is a drop in the bucket. All right? It's nonsense. It's, it's political show and go. All right? They put it up there. Hey, we helped with forgiveness of student loans. They've done it before in the past with the civil service... Relief Act or whatever it's called. After 10 years of civil service, you get your student loans forgiven. It's malarkey. It's not real. Okay? There's fine print that actually qualifies you for that shit. So I wanted you to be aware of that, that if you do have federal student loans, read the fine print before you get all happy-go-lucky that your $200,000 student loan debt is getting cut down by $10,000. That doesn't even pay one year's worth of the interest on that crap. So, anyway, the real thing I want to bring to people's attention, regardless of how you feel about it or how smart you are on the topic on Instagram, here's the real thing. Here is the clownery of it all that I want to bring to light because I feel that this is, um, this is probably the most important piece of this whole decision that, that came down recently. The decision was made by the federal government to forgive any amount of money, doesn't matter, a percentage of student loans, federal student loans. Okay? Now, take a a quick second to think about that. The federal government, which is the one approving the student loans, are now the same people bitching about how So many students are in debt and can't pay it off and need help, so we're going to forgive a percentage of those student loans. We're going to help them by doing this. So instead of helping them by not blindly giving out so many student loans for no reason, 
I know what the reason they tell you, we got to give them an education, this and that. Maybe put a little bit more restrictions on it. Instead of giving out $1.3 trillion a year in student loans and then bitching about how these kids are in debt. You're the one giving them the loans. You're putting them in that debt blindly, not educating them on the severity of that and what that entails. And then you bitch, oh, these, these kids are really in a tough spot. It's like the drug dealer complaining that there are too many sick people from drugs. We're going to help them out here. So think about that for a second. All right? And then I, I'm curious to, to hear the follow-ups from all the Instagram experts on this one uh, because I don't know what the answer is. I do know that the, the more willy-nilly the federal government and even the banks are on the private side with student loans just to proven everybody, the more colleges jack their prices up because they can. They know the loans are going to be approved, so they're going to get their money. They can jack it up, and then the loans for more money are going to get approved. That's the vicious cycle. Okay, Instead of giving out college grants like the government used to do so that students can actually uh, do cool experiments, get cool shit at the school, and not have to pay out the ass for student loans, for tuition anyway, uh, they took all the grants out and they started giving out loans because they can profit off a loan interest. That's how it's all working, folks. Okay, You could call me crazy, call me the psychopath, but that's the nature of the beast. That's how money works and business works and profit works. So before we start praising these politicians for helping us out, let's remember they are the drug dealers giving us the drugs and now helping us because we're sick from them. So that's all I got to say about that. Another important thing here, well, I got the tinfoil hat on and I'm in a tizzy. We discussed this earlier, the the latest Epstein-related death I want to give you guys an update on this one because this is this just keeps the hits keep on happening with with this uh, circus act over here. This guy was a Clinton advisor during the Clinton administration. Okay, what he did was he filled out the paperwork and got the approvals and brought in Theo Epstein. Is that his name? No, Theo Epstein's the uh, the GM for baseball for the Cubs and the and the Red Sox. Uh, Jeff Epstein, I'm an idiot, very different Epsteins. Uh, He brought in Jeff Epstein into the White House on seven different occasions during the Clinton presidential reign. Okay, Clinton advisor. He died recently. The cause of death, well, back up a little bit. This guy was found 30 meters, 100 meters from his house up in a tree hanging by an electrical cord with a shotgun wound to his chest. Uh, There's no confirmation that the shotgun was near the body. And it was ruled a suicide. Okay, I'm not going to get into my theories. I'm just going to present the evidence, and you guys can do your own digging, your your own Instagram expertise uh, pontifications as you will. Okay, Clinton advisor, boys with Epstein and Clinton, getting him into the White House to do whatever that is they did, was found dead, hanging by an electrical cord on a tree 100 meters from his house, 30 meters from his house, whatever, with a shotgun wound to his chest, ruled a suicide. 
And that's all I have to say about that, folks. So we don't get too hot and bothered already today. Now, for more fun, lighthearted, silly, how you doings, we'll just move right along. We'll get it, get it going here. Step into the cage. Okay, let's run. All right. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by Pat's Perineum Serum. One of the most forgotten areas in men's hygiene is the perineum, that dastardly area between the asshole and your sack daddy that continues to go unnoticed and therefore unattended. Well, with Pat's Perineum Serum, your taint will go from forest to fresh in no time. Pat's not only removes the perineum pubic hair, leaving a smooth surface, it freshens the area up so you'll be smelling like roses in no time. So, to get a tube of serum today, visit www.titillatingtaint.com and use the promo code GOOCHGIFT for 2.9% off your first tube. So apparently, it's like Nair for your Nifkin. And you can you, you lather up, you lift, you lift the sack up, you untuck... And you lather up, and you wipe away, and there's no burning or rashing like Nair does. And I know some of you know from experience about the Nair burn. It doesn't do that. And then it neutralizes the smell down in the area. It doesn't just mask it with some weird chemical odor. It breaks down the particles of the smelly taint and neutralizes it into, you know, a farm-fresh feeling and scent. So go get a tube today. Very good stuff. Wish it was real. All right, the cage fact. A news update, really. Like a TMZ update. It's not really newsworthy. Anyway, Nick Cage was seen recently. Uh, he he took a selfie with some fans, or some, some fan took a selfie with him, and he was sporting some new hair. Not a wig. Not like Gary Fogelman's wig, but uh, a new high, a new dye job, new high job. Hello, dye job. Sporting cherry red hair. It's clearly. I'll pop the picture up here in YouTube land if you want to check it out. It's clearly one of those like you pop it in. It's not one. It's not like a year long like when you go to get your hair dyed blonde. Uh, some of you gals out there that do that and it's professionally done. This looks like it was. Um, costumery prop if you will done for a, a movie role and now there's no confirmation or anything or any indication it is officially because it was just somebody posted it on their snapchat or instagram or something like that that they took a picture with the great one and he had this new hair and he was looking pretty sporty so we can always speculate at this time and this is the type of stuff i want to speculate about i well, let me i would love to hear from the instagram experts on their thoughts on the hair, on the Nick Cage hair. And if it's for a role, if he's going through a, another midlife crisis, if this is an alternative to uh, buying a castle or a dinosaur skull or a pygmy head, whatever it might be, I'd like to hear your take on that. I don't want to hear your mumbo-jumbo on student loans or Roe v. Wade or whatever other topic the media tells you is important while they're hiding the real shenanigans going on underneath the table, 
I don't want to hear about that crap from you. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody's reading your 15 Instagram posts on student loans. If you were that smart and educated on student loans, you wouldn't be in $100,000 worth of debt either, you stupid bastard. So don't sit there and tell me that you know about student loans and why this is good or why this is bad and, and yada, 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 because you're swimming in it too. And if you were so smart about it, you wouldn't be swimming in it. You're just as dumb as the rest of us, and I don't want to hear about it. Do us all a favor. Provide an actual service to the community, and tell me what you think about Nick Cage's new hairdo. Because I like it. And I want to know what you guys think of it, objectively speaking. Give me your expertise on that. Do some digging. Do some actual critical analysis on something important for a change. Nobody cares about the Supreme Court decisions. Nobody cares about what the White House is doing, who's sleeping with who, who's doing insider trading. That's not important stuff. It doesn't affect the country at all. Tell me about your thoughts on Nick Cage's new hair. It's a fantastic do, I think. I'm biased. I know that. That's why I want to get your opinions. Let me hear about it. And that's the Cage fact. Onward and upward. Move on over into the junction. I forgot to put my notes on the computer today. So bear with me here. And I can't, I usually use my phone to get the notes on the computer. It's a whole app and what have you. But my phone is currently taped to the tripod. So I can't just take it off as easily anymore and, and, and fix my mistakes. So I got to learn the hard way. And that's what you do here sometimes. You'll learn and grow from your mistakes. So, with that said, we'll spin on up into the junction, get the logo going, and we're talking about road rage. Now, I'm already raged out, apparently, from all this loan business and fake suicide Epstein associates and Nick Cage hair. So, we're going to talk about road rage, and we're going to get a little bit of uh, your stories on the road rage and, and how you dealt with it and stuff like that. Now, the genesis of this this idea for the topic um, was not that I have raged out recently, but I, did, I am staying in New Jersey currently, and I did notice something uh, vastly different from other areas that I've lived in in the past. Now, quick caveat here that people... I don't know if this is going to be a hot take or if people don't want to admit. Everybody, no matter what state you go into, you're always going to hear from the locals, oh, that state over there is the worst state. If you live in Texas, Oklahoma's got the worst drivers or Louisiana has the worst drivers. If you're in Florida, it's Georgia. If it's Georgia, if you're in Georgia, it's Florida. If you're in Maryland, Virginia, versa, vice versa, versa, that's what everybody says, okay? Here's, here's the take on that. Most people across the nation and the world suck at driving, all right? It's a nationwide epidemic, all right? You all suck at driving. Everybody sucks, okay? And if you think about it, it makes a lot more sense than one state's worse or better than the other. It has nothing to do with it, all right? Look at the, look at the barriers to entry, the gateways to entry to get your driver's license in this country. Now, the ages change, Per state, some some can get it earlier, younger than than other states, but the requirements are still the same. And guess what? They're not that high. 
Six hours to get your permit with some jabroni instructor who's coming off a couple of DUIs probably. And then you go take your test, a driving test and then a written test. And here's another kicker. You can take your written test in your native language if it's not English. Okay? Which is cool. Got it. Whatever. I don't care about that. The point I'm making here is there is a decent percentage of people with driving driver's licenses out on the road driving around that can't even read the road signs and the safety warnings on the roads they're driving in. Yet they're technically qualified to drive. According to the requirements and the law, they're allowed to drive. So you have to assume the majority of people just suck at driving. And again, I don't care. If you want to if you want to keep that as a requirement, go for it. Good for good for them. They're allowed to drive. Part of being an American citizen. Great. But they're likely not going to be as good of drivers as the people who can actually read the signs that tell them where to go, when to stop at an intersection. The speed limits. Little things like that that don't seem to be too important to some people. So you're going to have a percentage of those folks that suck. And then the majority of people are just going through the motions of life. They're not great at anything in particular. They're not bad at anything in particular. They're just alive. They have heartbeats, and they're just moseying on along with life. And that makes for bad driving, clueless driving. We talked about cluelessness in the past, how so many people are not inconsiderate on purpose to be mean or, or, or nasty people. They're just clueless to others around them and to society and to their situation. And now they're, now put them in a vehicle on a highway going 60 plus miles an hour where they don't, they don't see anybody else on the road. It's just them. So their decisions that they make on slowing down, hitting the brakes in the middle of the highway with for no good reason whatsoever. Maybe they're about to miss an exit, so they slam on the brake to try to get over. They don't know that there's a thousand cars behind them to the left, right, and front. They're the only ones on the highway, okay? Now, add that to the percentage of drivers who can't read English. And then extrapolate that. Because of the majority of the people in this world, in this nation, are going through the motions. They're that clueless group. I was trying to think of a better word for group, but they're the clueless majority. So instead of one person on the road who thinks they're the only one there and they're clueless, now hit it by a thousand. Multiply it by a thousand. Now you got a thousand of those bastards on the road, completely clueless, think they're the only one on the road. So now you're navigating through a thousand clueless bastards. Wherever you go, doesn't matter the state, they're everywhere. Okay? So I hate to break it to you. Whatever state you live in, whatever town you live in, you're not the best drivers. You suck as much as the next state, as much as the next town. We all suck at driving. Every state sucks. And I've been to almost every single state and driven in almost every single state. We all suck. Everybody sucks. Okay? Be happy about that then, that we all have something in common finally contrary to what the media and the politicians want to tell us, that we're so different and, and uh, divisive. 
divided. That's the word, idiot. We can all share in the fact that we suck at driving and we're stupid and clueless. Okay? That being said, when it comes to road rage and how we react to the cluelessness and the shit driving, there probably is a hierarchy of what state is the the most impatient and has the most rage. And again, after being around several different states, living all over the country, driving almost everywhere, it seems to me that the Northeast, specifically New Jersey, might be the might be the winner. It's probably close with New York on the most impatient, angry shitbag drivers. Of all the shitbags out there, New Jersey might be the angriest and most impatient of all of them. New York City is a close second if they might alternate year by year on who takes the who takes the crown. And another interesting thing I noticed. Again, I've been all over the place. I've experienced shit driving everywhere. I started to get that you know that ugh, that like that rage inside of you where you're just driving around and you see the stupidity and everywhere else it's a little bit more calming. It's like, okay, we got idiots, but here for whatever reason it 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 gets inside you. It seeps into you. And you start getting the rage. You just, you know, you're you're tense. You're angry, angrier anyway. You see all the stupidity going on, and you know the person is going to react violently to you. So you already have your your dukes up, ready to rock and roll, and you're just angry. You're waiting for someone to fuck up on the road, so you can crush them emotionally, mentally. And even physically, if it has to get to that. And in New Jersey, that's that's this is the epicenter, it seems, of that sort of uh, mindset. And bitches will get out of a car and fight it out here. It's not all talk. I've seen a lot of angry people that if you challenge them even a little bit, their tail goes between their perineum and they're out the door. But not here. We've seen some violent shit here historically and up in this northeast mid-Atlantic area down the coast a little bit, probably towards Virginia is where it's the, you know, where it ends and starts getting a little bit more calm. And I had to take that step back and realize that I'm, I'm getting too deep into it. I'm raging out on people for no reason, and that's why I came to the conclusion we should probably talk about this, let, you know, let it out, vent a bit about it, get your feedback on how you handle road rage or if you've ever experienced a good road rage story and see if we can get some lessons out of it. So that being said, let's see what we got here from the fan feedback. Oh, by the way, again, this all sparked. I was driving home back to the nut house from a workout. This is actually funny. It made me laugh, and that's when it made me step back and realize what the hell am I doing here getting angry. This guy was up my ass. I'm going 15, 20 miles over the speed limit like pretty much everybody else. And this guy just wants to weave in and out of traffic on this two-lane highway and pass everybody aggressively. And he gets to passing me finally. He's passing everybody. It's not just me. It was everybody he was angry at. 
And instead of giving the standard jersey, like, face out the window, you son of a bitch, like trying to trying to fight or throw a wood plank at you, he has the window open. He's already got his hands out. His sausage fingers are out. He's a blue-collar guy, probably a pipe fitter or works with concrete and masonry, I, I would imagine, just based on his looks and his uh, truck. Um, and he's got his hand out his window, the sausage fingers, got some paint and spackle on him. And he just casually, if you look in, in YouTube land, he just casually drops the middle finger down on the side of the window while he's driving by. Like, you know how you do it with your friends where you're, where you're scratching your nose and you put the finger up so they know, like, eh, fuck you, buddy. This is what this guy was doing. He was, he wanted to let you know he was angry, but he was too busy speeding to win this race that he was in, apparently, and too lazy to do anything else about it. He just wanted to let you know, hey, by the way, fuck you. Gotta go. Go fuck yourself. And that was it. And that, first I was like, I'm going to follow this guy. But then that's when I stepped back and was like, all right, let's relax, buddy. Let's, let's take this for what it is. Let's laugh this one off and realize most of the stuff is funny. So what I've been doing since then, I did it before in other states, before I got the rage back, was when people come at you with the rage, you counter with silliness and stupidity for two reasons. One, it diffuses the situation, at least on your end, because you don't need that added stress in your lives. You don't need it. You can't control that person and what they're doing and how stupid they are and angry they are. So you getting angry is just a waste of time and effort. It's just added negativity to your day that you don't need. So it's no use getting angry over nothing you can control. And two, if somebody is raging on you, the angriest they've been all day, all week, all month, whatever it is, and they look at you with that angry face and they're about to drop a motherfuck on you and they're teeth clenched, crazy Carl style, ready to kill. They're looking at you and they're ready to fucking kill you. And you hit them with a dopey smile, like a mouth-breathing, mouth-open smile and a goofy wave, like you're some sort of spaz, like this. They come at you, you fucking son of a bitch, and you're just... Let me tell you something. There's no better feeling than to see them go absolutely off the deep end with that reaction. They lose their freaking minds because they're already in it. They're in the negativity. They're in the violence. They're gone. And to see to see that reaction from someone, to see somebody laughing and waving at them and smiling, it just kills them. It absolutely crushes their souls. Look at their faces. You think they're angry now. As soon as they see you smiling and, and waving and laughing, they lose their shit. They go from 10 to 100 on the Richter scale immediately. Immediately. They might even drive off a cliff they get so angry. It is one of the best things to see. It'll brighten your day right up. You want to get positivity in your lives? Drive like an asshole for a little bit, like a clueless idiot. Wait for that person who's having the worst day of their lives to come up at you and try to rage on you, and you hit them with a smile and wave. They're dead. 
They're done. Their goose is cooked. They have no logic left in their bodies. Their brains are gone. Their skulls are filled with rage and fire and violence and anger like you've never seen before. And you win. And it's very funny to see. Your day is now filled with positivity. You get those endorphins going. You're a happier person. And you could spread that goodness on to others. And you have the moral high ground because you can just tell, you know, hey, I just smiled and waved to them. I did nothing wrong. I didn't, I didn't fire back at them with something angry. I didn't cause a scene. I didn't show them a gun or anything like that. I just smiled and waved, and this is what you get. Now this person is, it's not my fault that they drove off a cliff or, or hit their kid. So it's a win-win-win. Triple win. There you go. Now, that being said, let's get some fan feedback on this. We got one gal here, Hals McGalls, told of a story of a time, this is years ago, when she was with her first husband, who was a piece of shit apparently. She's driving 30 in a 25 zone. So 30 miles an hour, 25 mile an hour zone. Pretty reasonable speed. 25 zones are usually school zones. Uh, residential areas, um, and you if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go faster, you don't want to go much more than five because then you'll get it stopped, pulled over, ticket, whatever. Well, apparently some ball bag behind her in some molester van is on her ass, honking, tailgating, trying to get around her, and she was already angry, probably because she's married to a piece of garbage, and she flips this dude the bird out the car door, just the nonchalant kind of like, go fuck yourself, buddy. And uh, that guy, he didn't like it. And he responded, and I wonder if she was in Jersey for this. I never asked her about this one, but or in some weird podunk town where they don't have anything to live for. He pulls out his revolver and sticks it out the window and starts pointing it towards her, not shooting it, but pointing it towards her vehicle. And I think she was fed up at that point. I think she tried to tough guy him out and be like, roll her eyes and just just shoot me then, tough guy. And she called his bluff. I don't recommend that. You never know when you're going to get the the John Wayne Gacy's of the world that are just going to be like, all right, I'll just kill you and bury you in my crawl space. He cowered. This guy, luckily, again, cowered put the gun away and got off at a different turn on a different street and, and all's well that ends well. Um, but don't recommend that tactic. Okay. You don't want to, um, call people's bluffs with a gun because if it doesn't end well, you die. All right. That's the alternative. You can say, Oh, the majority of the time they're not going to do it, but if they do it, you're dead. All right. It's not like a regular fist fight where you can crawl your way out, shrimp away, fight back, do what you got to do. If they got a gun, it's not worth the risk, in my opinion. And again, unless you have nothing to live for at all, and then it's just like, you know, please shoot me. Suicide me. Clinton me. All right. Thank you for that feedback, Halls. You're a saint of a woman. Now, this one comes in from a dear friend. I was actually with him on this one. So we're driving. It's a heavily trafficked area. It's around rush hour-ish. And it's we're on a we're on a uh, busy street. It's got uh, traffic lights, but it's not a residential area. It's sort of a business district, like a city area almost. And according to the signs, 
the right lane is right turn only, and then every other lane is straight only. There's no like straight or right turn. It's just straight only. And this person next to us, to our left, is now trying at the very last second, right before the light, to seemingly cut us in front of us because they didn't do it ahead of time to make that right turn. Well, my buddy wasn't having any of it. Okay, he was doing everything he could to stay inches from the car in front of him so that this bitch was not getting ahead of us into our spot because they screwed up and didn't plan ahead and now they're trying to pull a fast one and get ahead of all the traffic and then cut in at the last second like an asshole. So he wasn't doing it. He was inching forward, inching forward. And this guy had an SUV and he pretty much tries to he just muscle through and force his way in thinking, well, this guy's not going to hit me if I just keep going forward. He'll eventually hit the brakes. And that's what we did because, again, we don't want to damage our vehicles at all. And my buddy just starts laying on the horn. He just holds it. Holds it minutes. I mean, the entire rest of the traffic light, just holding it while this guy takes the spot in front of us. He's like, I'm never going to let him get away with this. He's going to hear it, and then if I can, I'm going to find him and tell him about it. Well, after the traffic light turns green again a few minutes later, we see a sign in that lane to the left of us that says construction ahead, merge right immediately. So my friend pulls off the horn, doesn't follow the guy, doesn't apologize, doesn't follow the guy, realizes the error of our ways, and we kind of move on amicably. Um, And that was that. So, another reason to maybe not rage out so immediately is for things just like that. Now, you can you can push back all you want and say, oh, when, how many times does that happen when you're driving? It happens all the time, all right? There are some highways that I drive on that have had construction on them my entire life. It just never ends. There's always construction. I-4... In Florida, Interstate 4, one of the most garbage highways in America, has never not had construction. They have been working on that highway my entire existence. Never ends. So those signs are going to be all over the place all the time. Now, you can also, again, situational awareness, look around and see maybe ahead of time if there are those signs, if there is construction or something going on, and make the assessment a better judgment on if this person is merging because of that or they're being an asshole. You don't assume assholery right off the bat. Always give people the benefit of the doubt because you don't want to be the asshole at the end of the day if that person's just doing, doing what they have to do. All right, It's better to be the bigger person and the and then the follow up asshole than to be the asshole beforehand and get stuck with your foot in your mouth afterwards. So um, be aware of your surroundings before you react violently. Really, don't react. But if you have to, uh, be prepared. You know, do your homework before you before you react violently. All right. Thank you for that feedback. 
actually, he didn't even feed back on that one. I just remember the story because I was there. So that's that. All right. This one is actually from Crazy Carol, my mother. She told me the story years ago. She was driving along a highway or whatever. Don't She doesn't really remember exactly what she might have done to get this guy angry, but apparently maybe she cut him off by accident, she thinks. And this guy's behind her, flashing her, honking his horn, tailgating her, riding her ass or whatever. How you, you know? So she decides to get off an exit before her house exit uh, to get rid of this guy and also so she, he doesn't know where she lives. And he follows her. So she makes a couple turns, again, to get away from him in a residential area, and he keeps following her. It gets to the point where this son of a bitch drives around her, gets in front of her, and stops the car in front of her and gets out with a baseball bat. Now, Carol Labretti now, where her life is essentially, all the things that she wanted to do in her life are essentially complete besides being rich and successful, she's done. She's got kids, she's got grandkids, she has a retirement home, she didn't retire yet, but I guess we're getting there. She's good. Crazy Carol now would have run that son of a bitch over and not even been an eyelash on it. Wouldn't have even bothered her. She would have gone to court happily. Yeah, I killed him. He tried to he tried to hit me with a baseball bat, and I defended myself. Take me to jail. I'll get three square meals. She won't have to cook anymore and deal with my father's unending dissatisfaction with any, any sort of meal that somebody makes for him. And she can live a happy life uh, on the taxpayer dime in prison. But back then, she was innocent. She's, you know, after high school, she was a cheerleader in high school, never smoked a cigarette. She All she did was go to school, study, and take naps. That's not the Carol that would have run this guy over. So she bolted around this dude's car onto the yard of somebody, some guy, some random house, and drove away. A scared and, and, and finally got to her house safe and sound, which is, again, for the lesson here, that's the right move, all right? You don't necessarily want to run over a guy for something like that because you will have to suffer the consequences of those actions uh, because it's going to be very tough to um, defend yourself in court that your reaction was justified. A guy with a bat versus a two-ton vehicle. Uh, the weapons don't match up. All right? So she'd made the right decision then. She would have definitely made the wrong decision now if she was, if she was, you know, faced with that same situation. That being said, thanks for the feedback. It's much appreciated. Um, she's become, she's an angry lady now on the road. An angry lady. She's been in New Jersey too long. You could blame my sister for that because she's got kids and my mom doesn't want to leave the grandkids. So she's going to stay in Jersey and she's going to get deeper into that into that rage pit. Um, and, you know, the day will come when she kills a guy on the road. It's going to happen. I got the money saved up and we're ready to represent her in court for her guilty plea. Anyway, thanks for the feedback. All right. What else we got here? I think that's all we got from the fan feedback on this. Not a whole lot, but a lot of, you know, still good stories nonetheless. Now, I will end this with my one of my more uh, entertaining experiences. And I think, to this day, I don't regret how I handled this. 
but I, I would I encourage your feedback to see if um, there was something else I could have done. Now, we'll rewind the clock back to 2006 time frame. 2007 time frame. Winter of 2007 spilling into 2008. All right. I'm at... I'm home from college on winter break. I'm going to. I'm driving down from New Jersey to Virginia to visit my buddy Rich, and then also, again after that visit, hop over to Maryland uh, to visit my brother in arms, the Bone Crusher, because he was back in Maryland at that time, because uh, he was still in college too. So it's going to be a nice little winter break visit, or what what have you. I'm driving down. I'm in Maryland at this point because. If you look at the way geography works in this cockamamie state or this cockamamie country, there is a point where you're on the highway, I think it's 83 going north-south, where you hit Maryland and then hit Virginia and then you hit Maryland again somewhere. It's a weird kind of thing. Anyway, I'm, I'm in the Hagerstown, Maryland area on this road. Middle of the day, it's wintertime, okay? So we're talking 25, 30 degrees outside. All right, just before or after Christmas time, that that general area, freezing. I'm in the I'm in my Camry, the Green Goblin, 1994 Camry, had 300,000 plus miles on it, still ran like a champion. This guy, start. He's flashing me. He's honking his horn. He's doing the tailgating. The whole how you doing? I have no idea what happened. Maybe I maybe one if I changed lanes, I cut him off. Or I was going too slow for him. I don't know. I was in the left lane, and there was only one lane to my right, so I get over thinking, like, okay, this guy wants to pass, let him pass. He doesn't pass. He follows behind me and continues to honk and flash the lights and ride my ass. So I go another couple miles, still doing it, nonstop with it. So I decide I'm going to get off at an exit and find a public area to avoid this this fella. He was a guy. I looked in the rearview mirror. He was a guy. He drove like a red pickup truck, a shit pickup truck with West Virginia plates on it. Um, and I'm not I'm not here to to judge or make any sort of assessments, a gross, inaccurate assessments of people from West Virginia, but if you want to do it, go right ahead. I'm just giving you the facts of the case. So I pull off into this exit in Hagerstown, Maryland, and there's a gas station off the exit. Now I'm thinking in my head, I'm freaking out by the way. Okay. I got a guy essentially chasing me. I'm a humphead college kid with no experience whatsoever. No wherewithal. I'm, I'm not pre, I'm not war hardened. This is pre war hardening. I haven't been to the trenches of anything yet. Okay. I'm not tough. I'm not tough now, but I'm a lot less tough then. All right. Another caveat here, I'm wearing my purple Joker tuxedo t-shirt, okay? Underneath what I, you know, I had a jacket on for a little bit, but purple tuxedo t-shirt, Jersey idiot driving down, being chased by this guy. So I'm trying to get away. I'm just thinking if I can park in this public gas station where... People are, are stopping off the highway to get gas and, and snacks and do sex in the bathroom or whatever. There's a lot of people going in and out. There's probably security cameras too. There's no way this guy is going to follow me in here to do anything. 
Well, that guy followed me in here to do something. I park my car. Again, I'm thinking I'll go in. I'll get a, I'll get a Gatorade. A nice orange or yellow Gatorade. Cool off a little bit with a G-Ray, maybe a protein bar. And when I say cool off, I mean I'm hot. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. All right? The adrenaline's pumping. I got a guy chasing me, an adult man chasing me. I'm a humphead kid. I get out of my car, and this bastard approaches me. Now, as soon as he got close, we're in the middle of the parking lot, mind you. Okay? We're not off to the side of an alleyway behind a dumpster where his greaser friends are going to take me down and shake me out for money. We're in the middle of the parking lot of this gas station. There's others around. Again, I'm thinking, there's no way this guy's going to do anything with other people. He'll go right to jail. Well, he got close enough to me, and my schnoz immediately figured out this guy's drunk as shit. Okay? He smelled like the bottom of a bottle of old granddad. Just, it was seeping out of him. He must have been crushing, I don't know how many cans of steel reserve or whatever that bastard can afford. It wasn't much because he looked poor as shit. He was trashy looking, dirty, slurring his speech, disgusting shitbag of a guy. So now it all made sense. And I felt a little bit more confident because I see him walking and his faculties are not all there. He's hobbling around. He's a little bit uh, imbalanced. Uh, so and I feel a bit more ready to take care of whatever I need to take care of. And he starts shit-talking me. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he had this trash bin accent. Something about someone needs to teach you Yankees how to drive because I've got jersey plates. I'm a Yankee. I must be a Yankee, and he's clearly a confederate. You know, long live the South, I guess. And I again, I'm, I'm trying to maintain the high ground. I'm still shaking in my boots. I'm sweating. My purple tuxedo T-shirt is drenched in sweat. It's 27 degrees outside. And I'm like, sir, I don't know what I did out there to you, but whatever it was, it was unintentional. I apologize. Let's just uh, move move forward amicably. And I, apparently he didn't know what that means. So he took it as disrespect, and he said, again, he, I don't exactly remember what he said. It was something like, nah, someone's going to teach you a lesson I reckon is going to be me. And now, I don't know if he said reckon. I think he did. If you looked at this guy, he was a guy who says reckon a lot, okay? Because it's not really a real word. It's a it's a um, mashed-up version of a real word, usually used by... Trash bin idiots who are drunk on a Wednesday afternoon in the middle of December. That's, he, he was using Reckon. And I was like, look, can you just stop? And he and again, he pushed back. He said no. And then before I can say another word, this guy tries to take a swing at me. Now, when I tell you it was in slow motion... This bitch was swinging in slow motion. He cocks back to take this like hook wrap around swing, like a half clothesline, half punch kind of thing that you can see a mile away. You could be Rocky Balboa with one busted eye 
by Apollo Creed and see this punch coming from behind you. It was so slow and, and obvious. It was, again, it was cartoony almost to the point where all I had to do was take one very gentle step to my right to neutralize him. And he swung right through, right around. You know, he, he missed me, he swung in front of me because I diverted a little bit. And that opened the door for my counteract. Swung around. He swung around. I'm trying to give a visual here. He swung around. He did not have his guard up. He left his vulnerabilities, his face wide open. And with all the adrenaline and the nervousness and the energy of the situation, I pretty much blacked out at that point. And I just fire one straight left to this bastard's face right in the schnoz. And he goes down like a sack of bricks. And again, I, I maintained my, reser- my reservations. I tried to keep it calm, cool, and collected the entire time. I, I kind of lured over him. Not lure, loomed over him. That's the word. Got it. And I, I professionally, I was like, sir, can I go now? Now, I knew the answer. It was a little bit cocky. But again, maintaining the moral high ground... This guy can never say anything about me instigating a battle whatsoever. And if you get it on security cameras and eyewitness reports, they'll all tell you the same thing. I was nothing but professional to this guy. He brought it on himself. And if I if I wanted to at that point, he was so incapacitated, I could have done whatever I wanted. I could have stolen his money. I could have kicked him in the dick. Whatever I wanted to do. And I just chose to step over him. Ask him one more time if, if there was anything else he wanted to add to this conversation. And I got back in my vehicle. No Gatorade. Completely forgot to buy a Gatorade. So now I have to drive the rest of this way home. I got a little bit of a nick on my on my hand. I think I still have a scar in there because I hit him in the teeth. And I'm sweating. I'm shivering. I'm nervous. I'm like shaking from all the adrenaline pumping in me. Sweating. It's 27 degrees out. I'm sweating my ass off, drenched in it. I have, to, I have to turn the heat down to cool off a little bit. And I get in the camera and I drive on my way, never to see that guy again. Now, I wish I would have gone back to that gas station and tried to get some of that security camera footage because there were cameras there. I don't know if they saw it, what happened. But that's what happened. And of course, of course... I tell my parents about it. I got grounded. Because I should have done nothing, according to them. I should have never done anything. I should have never stopped. I should have never looked at him. I should have apparently just sat there, let him hit me to be the bigger, bigger man than I already was. That way, I can't get in trouble for anything. So, moral of the story is don't even defend yourself because then you'll get grounded. And... 20 years later, 15 years later, you'll end up living back in your basement doing chores for those people still. So, what the hell do I know? But the lesson here in all this, and it goes back to many other lessons prior and to the big three, really, when it comes down to it, is take the step back, okay? Tensions are already high when you're driving. You're already, as soon as you get in the car, 
your alertness already goes up from a two to a seven immediately. You're always on alert to be reactionary and ready to rock and roll. You should be anyway. So you're already more inclined to react emotionally to things that happen, negative things that happen. And all we're asking you to do is to maintain your composure, do a very quick analysis of the situation before you start to rage on somebody and and exacerbate an already uh, negative situation. All right? And even if you live in a place like New Jersey, New York, D.C., California, I don't think the rage is as bad. I think they're just full of traffic. Um, and but they're they're just too full of themselves to even care about others, so they just sit in the traffic like assholes. But if you live in New Jersey, New York, all those areas where there is road rage, not just traffic and shitty drivers, but the rage, take the step back, okay? Don't fall into that trap of raging with these stupid people, because again, it's like that saying I think Mark Twain said. I've I've said it in the past. You never want to you never want to get into an argument or a fight with a stupid person because they bring you down to their level and then they beat you with experience. And the second you choose to to road rage in response to somebody's stupidity, they already have you now at their level. This is their comfort zone. That's their wheelhouse. They live here. They live in the world of stupidity and they're going to take you down. All right? You don't want to do that. Take the step back. Be the bigger person. Laugh it off. Laugh it off that this person, imagine being that in, in that shitty of a life situation where this has to anger you. Somebody not putting their blinker on or getting over too late or not going as fast as you want them to. As long as they're not crashing into you, you can, you can laugh it off. You can look at this, look at this moron. Look how angry they're getting over something so silly. I'm going to smile and wave at them and make them even angrier to prove that they're a moron and I am better than them. And that's what you do. All right? And that's all I got on the subject today. So thank you for your feedback on that. I appreciate it. Hopefully nobody has any future road rage stories to tell and that we're taking these lessons and and putting them into practice. And we're better, happier, and safer for it. So thanks for that, guys. Now, before we go, got a couple hotline calls in, a couple randos. So we're going to take those real quick and see what they're all about. And uh, and then we'll wrap it up here. So here we go. Hello, Mr. Labretti. I was calling to see if you could do some astute analysis in regards to who is the hottest actress to play in a Sports movie. Uh, I know there could be this could be a contentious topic, uh, but I think that your ability to break down uh, different abilities and different sports uh, would produce a great show. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Well, thanks for the call, buddy. That's a, actually a great topic. And if you didn't hear it well, uh, I don't know how it's going to end up in audio, but the question was. Could I could I pose the question to, to like a, an LPDS poll for in a future episode on who's the hottest, most attractive person in a in a sports film? So, Major League, Tin Cup, Rocky, any sports film, Million Dollar Baby, whatever it is, The Wrestler, 
any sports-related film, who's the, you know, the hottest person in that? There's always a hottie in there. And I'm not going to discriminate. Now, most of the time, it's hot chicks are the hotties in the movies and the sports movies. But if you got a hot fella, a hunky guy from a sports movie, you think they're the most attractive, they're the hottest, send in your feedback. That's actually a good idea. We'll, we'll take a... Uh, We'll try to figure out, you know, who submits the, the the best, and we'll go through a few of them, and we'll talk it out and see and see, you know, what you guys think. I think that's a good idea. So, thank you for that feedback. Thanks for the call. Uh, expect that coming soon, guys. Expect uh, to hear from me on that, and hopefully, maybe in the next episode or two, we'll get that going. So, all right, another call here. Do you want baby boo boo on your cell phone? Kick, kick, taco. Seven, five, 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 five. You'll have baby boo-boo ringing in your ears all day long. All right. Well, that's a troll. And like I said, I'll. You get sometimes you get trolls. Um. I don't. I don't know what to say on that. This guy's got too much time on his hands, or he hates his life. So thanks for the call, buddy. All right, we got one more. It looks like here. So we'll play that one, and then we'll uh, get on out of here. The PP Piper game is disgusting. A lot of people are saying it. They just drove around and PP all over the place. Now, you don't know PP the way I do. Believe me. Jim Comey, all he wanted to do was look at my PP tapes. And sometimes my PP, not even Melania sees my PP, only Mike Pence. Goodbye. <laughs> Clearly another troll. Uh, I don't. Uh, thanks. I was part of a gang back in the day called the Killer PPs, a bicycle gang. Me and a couple of my Jewish friends. I say a couple. We were rolling deep, like 20 strong, 19 Jewish fellas and myself. Killer PPs. And I guess that's what he's talking about. So thanks for the call from, I don't know. <laughs> thanks for the troll call. Look, guys, keep the hotline calls coming. Even if it's non-sensory, we'll play it. We'll play your nonsense. We'll have a good time. We'll laugh. And uh, we'll all enjoy ourselves. So 202-670-1114. That's the hotline number. Call it in for literally whatever you want, apparently. And we will play it on the air. So thank you for that. Um, all right. Before we go, the big three real quick. And then we'll wrap things up here in the dungeon. Number one, exercise every day. By the way, for those new listeners, the big three are the three pillars to staying strong and being a better, happier, less stressed person and to be able to spread that goodness and that positivity to others. So number one, exercise every day. Easiest thing you can do, go for a walk, get your steps in, burn the calories, get the chemicals going. You'll be physically, mentally, and emotionally healthier if you do that. All right, number two, the hardest one to do it's not be that shitty person, especially on the internet, on the social medias, giving us your 10 to 15 story updates on your thoughts on how people are assholes or whatever. Um, don't do it, okay? Before you decide to be a mean human being to somebody, take the step back. Realize that they are not just a username on Instagram. They're a human being with lives and stressors and emotions and feelings and all the how you doings just like you have 
Uh, and uh, maybe that'll change your mind before you become a shitty person. Real quick on that one, I watched this Netflix documentary recommended by a friend called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. It was about the guy who created that website as anybodyup.com or something like that. It was a revenge porn site where people can send in uh, nude pics of their ex or people they didn't like, and they would post the pics online so that this person could be publicly embarrassed and shamed. Uh, and it got to the point where they were actually hacking people's computers to steal their photos, and it was, excuse me, it was ruining people's lives. And one of the things that the the culprit, the guy who ran the site, was saying was, I don't like he when they asked him like, don't you care about how this affects people? He goes, I don't care about them. They're just usernames. Uh, and that hit home for me because that's what we preach here on the LPDS is that they're not just usernames. They're human beings, okay? And you might not like them. They might not be nice people to you or good people, you know, publicly facing what you see of them on the on the Internet and social media, but they're still human beings. They have families. They used to be children themselves, okay? And you think your cyberbullying doesn't affect them or your shit talk. You think it's just a joke and you're, look at this jab I took at him. I'll show you. But it, it takes its toll on people, okay? There is a reason that the number of suicides continues to increase every year with young teens and kids and people through social media, through cyberbullying, okay? You can disagree with it all you want. It's still happening, okay? And we don't want to be the reason for it. If anything, you want to be the reason it doesn't happen. If you can be nice to somebody and they choose not to suicide themselves, because they finally, someone was nice to me and treated me like a human being, and now I'm not going to kill myself. That's not that ridiculous to think either. It's happened before. I've seen that a lot. So, all right. That's it. That's number two. Don't be a shitty person. Number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your life. Okay? There's a lot of shit going on in this world, and the media and the internet's love telling you about it. And love trying to and get your entire existence focusing on the shit going on, the negative, and making you think that your lives suck and and it's other people's faults and all this other mumbo jumbo. But the reality is, we have a lot of good in our lives too, and we have a lot better than a lot of other people around the world. Okay, so take the time every day, just for a few seconds a day, to take a step back and think about just one good thing in your life. Each day, one different thing, and be thankful for it. Genuinely, take the step back and think, wow, pretty happy I have this thing in my life. Otherwise, how would my life be without it every day? And get in that mindset. It starts baby steps, folks. Baby steps. You take one small step at a time towards progress, towards gratitude and thankfulness. Take a couple steps exercising. You take three seconds to not be a shitty person to think about others and you're well on your way to that better, happier life and following the big three. And that's all I got today. We're finally done. We did it. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe and do all that bullshit. Tell your friends about it. Spread the spread the good cheer. Call the hotline 202 202- Six seven zero one 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 four. I almost forgot the number for a second. I say it all the time now. Call the hotline. Tell me about your problems. Ask me questions. Give me your troll 
calls, whatever you want to do. Thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.